Hello, everybody. Welcome back. The sun is shining here in Minnesota, and I have my curtains open in my bedroom, and the sun is just shining in, and spring is in the air, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling west rested. I'm feeling grounded, and I'm so excited to bring you another episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying this series, and if you have not listened to my previous episode with Emma Del Rey, where we talked all things Mercury retrograde and exes, go take a listen because I had an ex, well, two exes, but one ex for sure, just kind of like come out of the woodwork, this Mercury retrograde. So if that's happened to you, go take a listen. And it's actually the ex I'm going to talk about today. Um, I have another episode, another kind of what the fuck. <laughs> type of story for you. And I hope you enjoy. So this is the one who ghosted me. Now, this isn't just like your typical ghost. Like it wasn't just like, oh, I'll go maybe like a few hours and then I start going a couple days and then I'll respond you to you back and have it just be like kind of nothing. Or maybe we haven't really hung out. Like we haven't really talked a whole ton and you just kind of get ghosted. No, this was, okay, so I met this man online, and our date, like our first date, was the most incredible date I have ever had to date. We, we went to Mall of America, and we went to Underwater World, I don't even think it's called Underwater World anymore, but we went to Underwater World, we went to Nickelodeon Universe, rode some rides, laughed and laughed and laughed people watched like it was just so much fun like I've I've gone mini golfing on dates before but I've never gone and done something like this it was just so much fun like this man made me laugh so 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 much and it's kind of funny so <laughs> I had a date like a few days well like a week prior but this man went really well but like we never had a second date so had a date a week prior with one guy. And then the night before I went out with the guy who ghosted me, I had hung out with somebody from college. And then the next night had hung out with this guy I went to Underwater World with. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not really like, I had two really good dates. Like this guy, I'm probably kind of feeling him the least, but like, I'll still go, right? Because I'd had two really good dates. And so by that time, I'm like, man, I don't know that I'm feeling like the vibes because I have like this high from my other dates but I went and I had so much fun and I'm so glad I went. And it was like literally just a hoot. It was so much fun. The next day we went on a sushi date and just like, it was just a, like a lunch date and we just had fun, good conversation. Our third date, maybe like a week later, we had gone on a double date with two of his friends in the cities at this nice restaurant. So he had picked me up. We drove to the cities. Like we're jamming to old school rap, hip hop. Like we're having a good fucking time, right? Like I feel so comfortable with this man. We're just laughing. We're joking. We're having a good time. And it was fun. Like the date was fun. The date went smooth. Like he was super respectful, like super cute dress. He was wearing this like pink shirt. Like I love me a man who can wear pink and like just very fun. And some things that you need to know about him is he at this point was like a year and a half sober. So he had 
hella DUIs. Um, he had the thing in his car where you have to blow before it starts. And then as you're driving, it'll kind of go periodically. So he told me about this in advance when he picked me up. He's like, just so you know, like, I have this thing in my car. I hope you don't mind. Like, this is a situation. I've been sober for a year and a half. And like, I'm feeling really good. He's also got a nine-year-old daughter. Um, and he was a single dad, amazing dad, like loves his daughter more than anything, like an incredible girl dad. And so we just, we just had a really good time. We had so much fun. I laughed so, so, so much. And when we were on our way back from that date, he had told me that he had, um, changed my Snapchat name in his phone to like Karina 621 with the birthdays. Like, so I like this girl. I have this feeling I'm going to be seeing her. For a while so I want to remember her birthday and I was like oh cool like I like you too so then our fourth date we had plans to I was gonna go over to his house he was gonna make me this nice dinner and we we're gonna have like a good night in just the two of us right like I was super excited so then that afternoon I had texted him asking for his address and he didn't text back. And I'm like, okay, like he's probably at work. No big deal. So then I went on Facebook and I could see his Facebook just fine. Like nothing was going on. Um, and then it was like three hours later, still no response. And so I was like, this is just kind of getting weird. Usually he messages me back by now, but like, he's probably just busy. And so I went on Snapchat to see if he had posted any stories on a Snapchat. And it was gray. And I'm like, what? I've never seen somebody's Snapchat name be gray. Like, this is really weird. And so I had asked a coworker. And like, at this time, my intuition's kicking in. My intuition's being like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, this is kind of strange. And my coworker's like, well, did you check his Instagram? And I was like, yeah, I was just on it. No big deal. So I went to Instagram. It was gone. Couldn't find him. So I was like, what the fuck? Went to Facebook. Couldn't find him. I'm like, hmm, this is weird sent him another text, didn't go through, it was green, so he had an iPhone, I was like, what in the fuck, I'm like, did he literally block me, like, am I literally being blocked right now, so I called him straight to voicemail, and I left him a message, like, hey, just kind of getting a little nervous, not sure what's going on, like, are you okay, will you just please let me know you're okay, so then I had like texted him from a friend's phone and I was like, Hey, like, I don't know what's going on or if we still have plans tonight, but will you like, please let me know that you're okay. Cause at this point I'm a little worried about you. So if you could get back to me, that'd be cool. No, this dude blocked me on Facebook, blocked me on Instagram, blocked me on Snapchat, blocked my number, literally went ghost like ghost town no explanation hours before we have this date planned like and I'm thinking like what like I'm like what the fuck did I do did I say something this morning that I shouldn't have said like I was just what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck and so this literally I was blocked for three weeks no like ghost town nothing blocked on every social media platform just no explanation just gone I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Three weeks later, I get a text. Hi. Just hi. I didn't respond. The next day, he sent me a Snapchat. 
and it was like, hey. <laughs> and so I texted him. I was like, you're three weeks too late. And that's all I said. Like, I was not about to like fuck around with this. Like, you're three weeks too late, dude. Like, I am, I don't play this game. And so he texted me and he was just like, I'm sorry. And I'll be, I don't remember the exact conversation, but it was something along the lines of like, I'm sorry. Like, I was really nervous that you were going to be crazy. Like my exes, like my last ex tried to burn my house down. Like I was just, I got scared and you're just so cool. And I really, really, really care about you. And I get nervous. Like, I don't really know how to handle these things. Being sober is just different. Like I'm just, I just wasn't ready. Like if you are in the mood to give somebody a second chance, like I'd really appreciate one. And I was like, how about we just like sit down and talk? So I went over there and we just talked and he was just like, I, you did not deserve that. I am so sorry. Like, I like you so much. Like you're so chill. Like we get along really, really well. And I just don't know how to handle all that. Like, will you please forgive me? And so I gave him a second chance. I was like, you know what? Like, I have no idea what it's like to be sober. This guy, I could tell that he was super sincere. And I was like, sure, like, I will give you a second chance. But like, if you get scared like that, you cannot do this to me. Like, I am not available for this. Like, this is not okay. Like, you can't just go, go. So if you start to get scared again, like, let's have a secret code or something, <laughs> like a secret word. And you can just say like, let me know and I'll like, whatever you need me to do, I'll do, but we, you can't do that. And he was like, no, I totally agree. Like, I'm really sorry. So we had hung out for a couple weeks. Um, and then one night we had had this snowstorm and I was going to go over to his place. And that morning he's like, you know what, Karina, like just stay home. Things are really snowy. Like the roads are really bad. I don't want to risk it. And I was like, babe, let's just see. We have eight hours yet. I, we have our whole work day. Let's just see how things go at the end of the shift. Like it's Minnesota. Things clear up or maybe the weather isn't as bad or the roads actually aren't that bad because we've had plows go through. Like it's not that big of a deal. I know what I can handle. And if things are really bad, I'll stay home. But if they're not, like, I don't mind driving half an hour to come see you. Like, let's just play it out. So then I get on the road after work and I'm like, oh, this isn't bad at all. So I call him and he sent, and he sends me a voicemail and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, we're not doing this again. And instantly my senses were like, this isn't right. This isn't cool. Something's going on. Called him. Just, he didn't do anything. He didn't answer. So I texted him. I said, are we really doing this again? And he's like, I'm on the phone with my dad. I have to move back home. I'll be six hours away. We just got this bid for work. So like, this just isn't going to work out. And I'm like, okay, well, can we talk about this? Like, you can't just up it. Like, this isn't only your decision to make. Like, let's talk about this. Like, I'm willing to do long distance. If you're willing to do long distance, like, it's not that bad. We could meet in the middle. Or we could spend the weekends together. Like, I'm not about to just give up that easily. And he literally didn't respond. Like it was just, then he was just done. Like he, we didn't talk about it. He didn't try to figure anything out. Like he just didn't respond. And so I was like, okay, Jimmy, I get the picture. Like, goodbye, basically. Like I just, from that point on, I was like, whatever. Washed my hands of it. Done. Hadn't heard from him. And this was like, so then, of course, I'm like, what the fuck, Karina? Like, you should have known better. You knew this was going to happen, but, like, you gave him a second chance. This wasn't your fault. You chose love over fear. You decided to see 
him for what he was and, you know, see him through the eyes of love. Like that is really what I did. I saw him through the eyes of love because I don't know what it's like to be sober. Like I, I have no fucking clue what it's like to be, I have no clue what it's like to, you know, not be able to literally process your emotions. Like, sure. I shove it down and sometimes I'll drown it out with food, but like an alcoholic, I have no idea what that's like to just turn to alcohol every single time I need something or I need, you know, something's going on in my life. So I saw him through the eyes of love and I gave him a second chance. And it was like, and then of course, all my friends were like, Karina, like you should have fucking known better. What were you thinking? Why did you need to do that? Right. And so of course I was like, I went in the spiral of limiting beliefs. I went in the spiral of like, of course, of course you do that, you know, trusting somebody who doesn't deserve to be trusted, da da da, all these things. And I was mad. I wasn't really even sad. I was more just angry. I was angry. I was angry. And that was about it. Like I was angry for like a month and then it was fine. Like I wasn't, I was just kind of dumbstruck, just dumbstruck. Like how do you just go ghost on somebody like that? And how do you make them believe that you're just, you know, you're going to stick around. But I was like, you know what, what got me through was, you know what, he's hurting. He's got the shit that he needs to work through. Obviously he's, he's going through something like, obviously he needs to figure himself out. He needs to figure out and be sober. Like he just, he needs to work through this. Like this isn't on me. I didn't do anything. This is on him. This doesn't mean I'm not worthy of love. This doesn't mean that every person that I talk to is going to go ghost. It doesn't mean that at all. Like this is all about him. And so again, like I did my cord cutting. I did my forgiving. I reminded myself like I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. I know that one of my triggers and one of my traumas is that everybody leaves. And this is something that I've had to heal for a very long time because in my childhood, people would leave. Like to me, they would leave. Like some of the people that I was closest to would be gone. My grandpa was just gone one day. My aunt was just gone one day. And that's how it was. And so I grew up not really getting close to people because they would just leave. Like they just leave. And so I know I have an avoidance attachment style. So I've really had to work on this. And when I have an experience like this, again, I get re-traumatized. Like everybody just leaves. Everybody just leaves. And so I had to do a lot of inner child work to reparent myself, to love myself, to remind myself that no, not everybody leaves, right? Like this was his choice, but growing up, it wasn't their choice. They didn't have a choice. They wanted to be in my life, but my mom wouldn't let them. My mom wouldn't let them because she'd be angry. And when she got angry, she used us as fuel. She used us as her weapon. She held us from my family as as her weapon, right? And I had to go and I had to literally visualize little Karina in front of me and hold her and tell her she's worthy of love and tell her that not everybody leaves and tell her that she has everybody in her life that she needs to have in her life and that people love her. Her aunt loves her, right? Her dad loves her. Her siblings love her. I love her. And I just sat in tears as I held 
this little Karina in my arms and told her everything she needed to hear. Because this wasn't 26-year-old Karina. This was six-year-old Karina who needed to be parented, right? This was six-year-old Karina who needed to know that everything's going to be okay. This was six-year-old Karina that knew that needed to know that not everyone's gonna leave and that there are going to be people that are gonna leave and that's okay, but that we can still love and that we can get through this and that everybody who's meant to stay is here to stay, right? And this really taught me that everybody has their own demons, right? And that we do get to choose and see people from the eyes of love. I was never, and I'm still not mad at myself for giving him that second chance because I saw him through the eyes of love, right? And I noticed the warning signs. Now, that's really what I did to heal from this. Now, actually, two weeks ago, he called me. So again, he reappeared during Mercury Retrograde. Keep in mind, this has been like 14 months since I've talked to him. Um, and he called me and I'm like, what the fuck? Why is he calling me right now? And I almost didn't answer, but I answered. It's like, hello? like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, good. What's up? He's like, I'm sorry. Like, I just wanted to call and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way I left things. You didn't deserve that. You were nothing but nice to me. Like, I just wasn't ready, Karina. I just wasn't ready. Like, things were good. We got along really, really well. And I just wasn't ready. And I didn't know how to handle it. And I'm sorry. You did not deserve that. You were nothing but nice to me. And I just wanted to call and say, I'm sorry. I was like, honestly, I've forgiven you a long time ago. Like, I'm over it. I'm over it. You needed to do what you needed to do. And that was that. And he's like, I know. He's like, I'm just, I'm sorry. Like, I just really wanted to call and say, I'm sorry. He's like, I didn't end up moving. I'm here in St. Cloud now. Like, would you be willing to get a drink with me? Or no, not get a drink, get dinner. Like he's sober, he doesn't drink. And I'm like, honestly, fool me once, shame on you fool me twice, shame on me. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, I just don't know. And my high was like, oh my God, like how sweet of him to call me and apologize. Like he didn't need to do that. And at this point, I didn't really, I didn't know Mercury was in retrograde. Like I, I, I didn't know that we were coming up on a Mercury retrograde. Had I known, it probably would have made more sense, but I was like, oh, like, okay, like, this is really attractive of you to call me and, like, call me, not text me, call me and apologize and have a conversation. So I agreed to, like, get together and talk, right? And so then, this was a Sunday, and I agreed to get together with him on a Tuesday. But again, like, he wasn't really responding to me, and I'm like, I'm like, Jimmy, you don't have very long before I'm gone for good. I'm starting to feel like a damn idiot. So whatever. And he's like, Karina, my cousin just committed suicide. I've been a little preoccupied. And I was like, oh, fuck. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I never would have had, I never would have expected that. And I said, do what you need to do. And then my intuition, I learned something about myself during this. And I've known this about myself, but it became really true. And when I know something, I feel it in my entire body. I learned that my intuition doesn't kick in until I've rolled this wave of emotion. Now, this is where human design comes in because I know I'm an emotional authority. So basically, emotional authorities are supposed to wait to make a decision until they ride the waves of emotion. So I go, 
to an extreme high of like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. Like, yes, all the way to an extreme low of like, oh, this isn't good. Like, I don't think this is a good idea. So I go up and down, up and down, and at soon I'll be at about 80%. So I'll start to level off and my feelings about something will be about 80%. So you're supposed to wait about 24 to 48 hours to make a decision when you're an emotional authority because you might make a decision that completely could be a wrong one because you're on this high of emotion, right? So I was on this high of like, oh my God, how sweet. Yeah, sure. Of course, like I'll meet up with you. And then I went down into this deep emotion of like, oh fuck, Karina, this was a really bad idea. Like you shouldn't have done this. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know better. This is just the same pattern resurfacing. Once I started to level out is when my intuition kicked in. That's when I could really start to see what things were. And he was like, no, you know, me, I was, I knew that I don't want to be with somebody who is going to go hot and cold, regardless of what they're going through. Like, okay, you're going through some shit. I get that, but I don't do hot and cold. And I straight up told him that I'm like, I don't do hot and cold. I know you're going through some shit, but I, I don't do that. Like, this isn't what I'm looking for. You need to figure out your shit. And like, I'm out, like, I'm not interested in this. And I set a hard boundary. And here's something that I want to tell you guys. It's not about never having a moment of weakness. It's not about never again saying that you'll meet up with somebody, right? Like I'm, this isn't about not getting excited or hanging out with the ex or never ignoring, never, you know, ignoring a red flag again. That's not what this is about. I want to empower you to accept that, hey, you're human. This is going to happen. You desire as a feminine being, you desire love and connection more than anything. So if somebody comes into your life and you're on this high, right? And you're like, oh my God, like maybe this is destiny. Maybe this is fate. Maybe this is perfect timing. And then you realize, oh shit, maybe it's not. You're human. Give yourself grace. Like allow yourself to know that, hey, it's okay, but know that you trust yourself not enough to not get yourself into a situation, right? Like I was like, okay, Karina, like you're human. This is okay. This is okay. Give yourself grace, but Hey, like, look at you. You set your boundary. You know what you're available for. You're saying what you're available and we're not available for this. Like you had a little moment of weakness you desire and you desire that connection more than anything. All this is, is him trying to clear up his end of the street because Mercury's in retrograde. And that's exactly what this is, him clearing up his end of the street. And I had even told my friend, Emma, and I had talked about this in the last episode that that's when my intuition, and I even told her, I was like, Hey, I think he might've just come back to clear up his end of the street. And that's all this is. And that's okay. Like, I'm going to let him do that in his own way, but I'm not here for anything more than that. And I'm like moving energy. I'm like sweaty right now. Um, and so that's what that is. Some exes come back just to clear up their end of the street. And maybe you need to clear up your end of the street. And so during this time, you're thinking about reaching out to an ex, right? But I really want to, and in this example, see people through the eyes of love know again, know that they're doing the best that they can know that you are not wrong. You're not bad. You're not doomed. You're not anything just because you had a moment of weakness. You're human. 
And if you're a feminine being, you crave connection and love more than anything. So when you have somebody in front of you who appears at the time to be interested, to want to pursue you, that you're human. It's okay. It's natural to want that, right? But then also allow yourself to take a step back and see the situation for what it is. Let your intuition come through. Sit with your emotions, sit with your feelings, sit with your thoughts, sit with spirit and let it come through. Like literally ask yourself, what is the reason for this? Why is he coming into my life? Excuse me. And when I felt that, I knew. I just knew. Like I knew that that's all this was, was him clearing up his end of the street and it was okay. okay. And I'm not mad at myself. I set my boundary and actually I'm really damn fucking proud of myself for setting my boundary. And know that, like know what you're available for, know what you're not available for and know that men are going to do what you allow them to do. So even if you're in a relationship now, or if you're setting a new relationship, like don't be scared to set your boundaries. Don't be scared to say what you're available for. Don't be scared to say like, Hey, I'm not cool with this. Like, I don't, I don't do that. And either they're going to step up to their plate or they're going to step out and that's okay. Like, boy, bye. Like if you can't, if you're not going to treat me the way I want to be treated, if you're not going to treat me the way that I deserve to be treated, if you're going to play these fucking games, like I want you to leave now so I don't waste my time so I can move on to the next guy who might be my soulmate. Like, I'm not keeping you around. Like, I want you to fucking peace out if it's your time to peace out. And I'm going to weed you out a lot sooner because I know what I'm available for. I know what I'm looking for. I know what values I want. And I know I'm not about to play hot and cold behavior. And I know that I want somebody who isn't going to just go ghost when they have to fit work through their shit. Like, that's not what I'm available for. Like, it's just not. So that's my lesson for you. And know that your soulmate is out there, just like my soulmate's out there. And I'm not giving up. In fact, I have a date next week. And depending on when I upload this episode, which will probably be Wednesday. So I'm recording on Saturday. So I'll probably release this on Wednesday and then I have a date on Friday. So I'll keep you guys posted on how that goes, but I'm not stopping me. And I sure as hell hope it's not stopping you. And again, if you are feeling called, if I do have two hour one-on-one intensive sessions available, if you just kind of want to work through something or talk about a certain thing, right? But you're not willing or ready to commit to something longer. I do have those two hour intensives. If you are thinking about working one-on-one, if you, you know, wanting to kind of heal some of those wounds, work on forgiving, work on finding yourself, work on getting really clear on what you are desiring. If you want assistance through your dating game, as limiting beliefs come up, as you start to maybe revert back into patterns and you really want that support, you want that one-on-one support, you want that guidance, you want that coaching, you want somebody who's going to be there in your corner, judgment-free, but who's going to hold you accountable. I do have one-on-one packages available as well. So if you're interested in that, let's schedule a consultation to see if we'd be a good fit and specifically where you're at in your journey so I can help you Um, but I hope you enjoyed. Let me know if you have any questions about this episode. Let me know if you resonate and I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day.